The Athletic. Hello, I'm Ian Irving and coming up, what a treat we have for you because The Athletic's Adam Crafton has been in conversation with arguably the most charismatic footballer in the history of the Premier League. It's a former Manchester United captain and French star, Eric Cantona. Do you regret either what happened against Crystal Palace? With no, I don't regret anything. Last year, I proposed to the club to be president of football. For you to be? Yeah. I know you've spoken about the World Cup in, in Qatar. David Beckham, for example, is an ambassador. Was that something you would do? I would not do it at all. Can you imagine that Old Trafford can become, uh, you know, a new stadium called by uh, a brand? If one day they do that, I'm sorry, but I don't. Uh, I'm not a fan of United anymore. If they sponsor, and the I stadium. quit football forever. Yeah, so much for you to look forward to in this interview. Absolutely. Cantona on being encouraged by Sir Alex Ferguson to be United's president of football. The upcoming World Cup, including David Beckham's role in promoting it. Plus World War. It wouldn't be a chat with Eric without covering all bases now, would it? Um, Adam Crafton's with us now. Adam, before we get into the interview and we talked to you about it all, how on earth did you end up sipping red wine in Casablanca with Eric Cantona? Yeah, it's like totally surreal. This was basically all because Eric is now running a, a, a travel company. He calls it like a passion-based travel company, which is called Looking for FC, a sport-based, a football-based travel concept. They launched in January this year. As a result, he was filming uh, for a day in Casablanca kind of promotional materials for this looking for FC travel brand. And they got in touch with us and said, would you like to spend an hour chatting to Eric Cantona in Casablanca? And got there and entered this drawing room in the in the Doge Hotel in Casablanca. And he's he sat in there with a, with a glass of wine in his hand, shaven head, beard, shirt open, that little bit of chest hair showing. And you're just like, he could not be more Eric Cantona if he tried. And, and it was sort of, you know, one of those moments as a journalist where you're like, wow, this is, a, this is just a massive privilege and, and an amazing opportunity. What's he actually like? When you meet him, I think, you know, everyone's seen the videos and everyone's seen him on TV and... Yeah, with the chest puffed out and, and he feels big from a distance. And then when, when you meet him in person, he's even bigger than you think he's going to be. As in taller, he's broader, the chest is out. The accent is, and I say this incredibly endearingly, it's it's the most French-English accent you could ever have. <laughs> um, and it makes, and it, and it it gives him this this kind of sense of deep profundity when he's talking, the way that he pauses, the little bits of punctuation. And because of everything he achieved as a player, I, I don't know if it's possible to be like the personification of an aura. That That's what you feel when you're around him. When people say, oh, that person's got an aura. And I've never really known what's meant by that, you know, in, rea in reality. And then you spend time with him, you're like, okay, that's it. Obviously, on the pitch or off the pitch with with the incident at Crystal Palace and everything else, there is so much to him. And of course, after football, he's gone on to be an actor. He's gone on to be a spokesperson at times for, for different causes as well. Who decided the topics for this interview, Adam? Because like I said before, it's very 
broad reaching. Um, I'd love to say that I steered the conversation. I'd love to say that- Did you try? I tried. But what's fascinating is when you then step out of the interview situation, I was very lucky because um, the, the business that he partnered with said to me, we're going for dinner on the roof after, after the interview, do you want to join us? So I was like, do, do I want to go for dinner with Eric Cantona? <laughs> Absolutely. But it was interesting to just listen to him and note and pay attention to what he was like in that setting where there was maybe seven or eight of us, um, some of whom he knew well, like his brother, Joel, who was out there, some who he didn't. And, and his personality I found quite different. He seemed to be more of a listener. He seemed very interested in other people's lives and other people's experiences. You know, I think he said before that his grandfather once told him that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason so that we listen more than we speak. And, and that's how he came across. And there were these really surreal moments where he's saying, oh, and you need to watch on Netflix this amazing documentary about um, this guy who strikes up a friendship with an octopus. I think it's called The Octopus Teacher. And this beach in Guadalupe. Of course he recommended that, yeah. You're in this moment where you're like, it's Eric Cantona and he's recommending Netflix documentaries. What the hell is going on here? One thing about it, and people will be able to hear it in a moment, of course, and read about it in your article. The idea of being Manchester United's president of football, as suggested, it seems, or as recommended by Sir Alex Ferguson. How serious do you think he actually was about that point, Adam? So this all started when I... I kind of introduced that bit about Manchester United. This was after he'd spoken a lot about different causes he was he was very passionate about, whether that's Palestine or Yemen or weapon sales and things like that. And I was thinking, oh God, I'm getting to the end of the interview here. I'm about 40 minutes in and I'm not even asked a thing about Manchester United. And I'm not sure he's going to let me. Um, and, and, and I just said to him, you're actually not an ambassador at Manchester United. And when I think of all the great players over the years, surely that's something the club would want. And, and, and he kind of said, yeah, but I'm not the kind of personality that would play ball in terms of, you know, say all the right things and never upsetting anyone in an ambassadorial position. Now, this led to him saying, but what I did do is I offered them the chance to be successful recently. He said last year, I think it might have been a little bit, maybe a year or two ago. And he said that he had this meeting with Sir Alex Ferguson where he, he kind of floated this idea that the club should have underneath, I suppose, the owners, the Glazer family, there should be a side of the football that is kind of a director of marketing or administration or commercial. And then there should be a president of football that makes all the football decisions, which I suppose is not so different to a director of football. But because it's Eric Cantona, it's the president of football. It just sounds it better, does, doesn't right? it? And it yeah. sounds even better when it's the president of football, right? As he, as he says it. Initially, I thought he was taking the piss. I still do, in fairness, but yeah. As you listen to it, you can kind of decide if you think he's on a wind-up or not. But he says, you know, he flew to Manchester. He was introduced to Ed Woodward by Alex Ferguson, who thought it was a good idea. He discussed it with his family. They said that, you know, he would dedicate five years to it. And he made the quite valid point that kind of everything he's done in his life where he has given everything and committed everything to it, he succeeded, right? Whether that's football or whether that's in his acting career, his theatre career, you know, I'm not sure people necessarily appreciate that, you know, he's actually now pretty well respected in in the sort of kind of cinematic world, the thespian community. There is now quite a lot of respect for him. He's, you know, he's done films 
where he's spoken lines in Chinese and he's learned the lines phonetically. He's done films in Croatian, right? So he's when he commits to something, he, he does he does go at it. I'm not suggesting here that he would be the best man for the job. And, and when I said to him, like, come on, Eric, do you really think you're the best man for the job? He laughed. Let's hear from Eric Cantona. And we joined the part of the interview in conversation around that incredible goal and, of course, iconic celebration against Sunderland at Old Trafford back in 1996. Enjoy. Cantona. <laughs> How to create space and then weave past a couple of defenders. McClare, here's Cantona. He's done it. That is magnificent by Cantona. And after all his problems and his lack of form and the criticism that's come his way, there is the perfect riposte. So Eric, I want to, if you don't mind, I want to tell you a little story to start. I was talking to my uncle this weekend. Yeah. And he is your age, and he, growing up, to be honest, you were his hero, mm. totally his hero. And I was saying, I'm going to Casablanca to interview Cantona. And he said straight away that he was talking about the goal against Sunderland, the chip mm. over the goalkeeper, mm. and that celebration where you, it's as though you are surveying the whole stadium at, at Old Trafford. And what he said was he was watching it the next morning on the Sunday morning on match of the day mm. and his little baby had just been born a few weeks earlier or a few mm. months earlier. And he took out his camcorder and he recorded the video, the match of the day, the goal that you scored and also a video of, of his son watching that video mm. as a little baby. I suppose, you know, you were just talking upstairs about that feeling and vibes that sport makes you feel. Mm. Do, do you realise, I suppose, the impact that moments that you created had on people's lives that they can so instantly recall a moment like that and explain it? I think we, we, we all, uh, we all uh, work hard to, to create this kind of moment, to live this kind of moment. But if you, if you live this kind of moment on a, on a, on a, in an empty stadium, it, it's not the same moment. So if I if I gave something to the fan at this moment, uh, something memorable, and they gave me also something memorable. And the celebration I had was that I was taking the energy of thousands of people uh, that moving, because I, I, I realized that this goal was special, and uh, I wanted to to take all the, the energy of the people. So uh, you knew straight away that that was one of your your, yeah, your moments. No, I, I, I scored other goals, uh, wonderful goals, but uh, but of course this one was uh, one of the best. So it was a uh, it was special, and uh, instinctively I, I reacted like this and I celebrated like this without thinking about it, uh, because I never thought before. Uh, uh, that I will celebrate a goal like this, or you know, you see some players or players who celebrate or always the same way. I think uh, I think a goal it's a, it's, a, it's a unique moment. So, so you never rehearsed a celebration? Mm, no, but I wanted to keep this kind of uh, uncertainty, this kind of. Uh, uh, I, I wanted to give a place to instinct, and. Uh, 
And the instinct, it's just every moment in life is, speci- is, is special and is unique. You cannot repeat it. Yeah. And if you try to repeat it, I do, I do theater. I go on stage with the same words one night and the night after, it's not the same. And sometimes you love a, a moment and you want to do, to do it again the, the day after and it doesn't work. Or it works, but differently. The feeling is not the same, the energy is not the same. Because the people in front of you are not the same, the moment is not the same, the, the, the day you had before is not the same, the day the people had before are not the same. I love so much this moment when you can give a place to instinct that I want to save that moment. And even now in my life, it's very, very important. We see so many footballers when they retire, yeah. they miss the buzz, the adrenaline when you yeah. walk out onto a stadium, that feeling, as you said, of yeah. the crowd singing your name yeah. or booing or, or whatever it is yeah. that they're doing. But you replaced it pretty quickly with, or you tried to replace it with theatre, with cinema. Yeah. Is it the same? Is it that spontaneity and that uncertainty that gives you the same feeling? Give me, uh, give me a great feeling. It's why I do it. Is it equal? It's not equal. I think sports... And football, especially, it's uh, it's unique. The intensity is unique. But when you retire from football, mm. uh, or you live with your memories, and you become a prisoner of your past, or you want to keep doing things, you have a passion. I was I was lucky to have new passions, and I am lucky. I'm, I was lucky and I'm still lucky that people still want to work with me mm. and give me the opportunity to express myself mm. because I depend on the desire of these people. Yeah. And uh, after more than 20 years now, I, I still do it and I'm, and I'm, very, I'm very, very happy and, and, and very lucky uh, because I, 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 I still live in great moments in, some, in another world, in something different, which is much better, I think than to become a manager or to stay in, in a world of football. I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's better, but for me, it's better. Uh, I admire people like Ariana Giggs or Paolo Maldini, who played for the same club for 20 years as a professional. I admire them but because me, I, I cannot do it. I get bored very quickly. Maybe because also I have other passions. Maybe not everyone who is listening to this will realize, but obviously you retired at the age of 30, yeah. I think. But also you had retired before, I think. In, yeah, uh, yeah. You decided to retire in 1991. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. there was an incident with a referee yeah. when you were playing for Nîmes yeah. in France. And yeah. after the, the Federation decided to give you full match ban, yeah. You'd, you, you'd had enough yeah. and you decided to quit. What brought you back the first time? I didn't want to play anymore in France. I didn't want to play anymore in a Mediterranean, Mediterranean country. So I retired. I went away from football for two months, maybe two months. And after two months, Platini was the, the manager of France this mm. time. And he came to me and said, maybe 
you should go to England. I said, yes, but how could I go to England? So I went. He found uh, somebody, an agent, uh, and then I went, uh, I went to England. I said, yes, England can, can be a good club for me. Because I needed this kind of energy. I needed this kind of football. I needed this kind of... Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Just at this time, we didn't have a lot of games on TV. Uh, just a few goals, but I have seen a few goals. Uh, European games, I've seen uh, Saint-Etienne against uh, Liverpool. So we, we could feel this, this energy. And, uh, and football uh, in England, like I had, uh, you know, it was, it was Keegan, it was, it was uh, George Best, it was, it was like, uh, they were rock and roll star also. It's like rock and roll stars. Rock and roll, rock and roll stars. When I arrived in England as a, as a player, but also as a citizen, mm. uh, as, a, as a man, I felt great energy. I don't know if if I go to New York, I see I feel this energy. Once I went to to United States, I spent four days in in Los Angeles to work, and then I had to work in in, in New York. I feel bad in Los Angeles. Why? I feel bad. I, I feel bad. Took a plane, landed in New York. Five minutes after, I was full of energy, completely full of energy. And I spoke with some people, and some people, it's the same for some people. This is not something that you cannot explain. In England, as a man also, when I arrived in England, to walk on the street, to to, to watch uh, the people, everything gave me energy because it was, I was in connection with that. I was just in connection. It's clear you found a home in Manchester. It, I lived in a hotel the first two years. After the incident, Ferguson wanted you to move into a house? No, right? when, when uh, the Crystal Palace happened, I, w- I was already in... Uh, uh, I, I had already a house. You had a house? In Worsley. In Worsley close to the, to, the, to the hotel where I was. I spent two years there. I love to live in a hotel. Because I love these, uh, you know, special vibes in a hotel. Today you cross somebody. Today, tomorrow you will not cross it. Uh, somebody will come tomorrow. Another. It's like a, a, a rice station. Mm-hmm. It's like in a, in an airport. I love the, this feeling of you don't have to, to have a neighbor forever. You have a neighbor for today. You don't even know if he will stay one day, one night, two nights, three nights, and then you speak at the bar of the hotel, and then he leaves. It's all a love mm-hmm. in life. It's the same feeling I had when I came uh, in England as a man. Because you're at a hotel, you feel less tied, more free. If something goes wrong, I can give my key and I can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. I like this idea also, to rent a house more than getting a house. I love uh, this, uh, this feeling in hotel. When I left France, I was young. Sometimes we forget that players are 20 years old. We don't know very well ourselves. Even now, uh, I don't know myself very well. So at this age, uh, even less. And this time, I found something. I expected too much from the people before. I thought, I love these kind of people and I want them to love me. And then I realized that uh, you become prisoner of this idea because you expect something, always expect something from people. And I felt uh, very bad. So I tried to find a solution and I find one word, which is in France, je suis de passage. I am in transit. And it helped me a lot as a man and as a player. When did you realize 
just before I left France, I said, there is something wrong with me. What is with, with, with me? I expect too much. I'm a bit emotional. Why it doesn't look like this? Why it doesn't say that? Why it is? I don't care. I'm in transit. I'm in transit. I'm happy today. They react, they react whatever they, are, they want. I don't care. And living in a hotel, it was a kind of being in transit mm. somewhere. You know, and I left France and went, arrived in England as somebody who is in transit in England and give me a lot of freedom. And I could express myself. Mm. But this is very important what I say to you, because if I stayed in the same uh, mentality, I don't think I would have uh, succeeded in England. Manchester United understood that very well, because they said, if Eric wants to leave, he, he can leave. Who said that? Ferguson? I think I think it was no, it, it was a uh, Martin Edouard. Right, because Ferguson and Edwards did not always think the same thing. I would say the club. I mm. don't know exactly who did. If Eric wants to leave, he can leave. If if you say that to me, I stay. <laughs> yeah, because I feel free to leave if I want to yeah. leave. So I stay. Mm-hmm. If you tell me, you wait, be careful because you signed for three years. You have to stay three years, mm-hmm. and then I become prisoner of everything, and I feel. Tired, everyone. I feel bad. So I'm in transit. Yeah. I'm sitting in transit. I'm from Manchester myself. I'm sure a lot of people listening will be Manchester United fans mm. or even just fascinated football fans. Your relationship with Ferguson, I mean, a lot of the players that you played with often joke and they say there were rules for, for the players. For example, you could go to a dinner and all the players would have to wear the club blazer, the mm. club suit, the shoes. And the players now, they joke, they say, but Eric could come, he could wear trainers, he could wear a different top. And so Alex Ferguson wouldn't say anything. He'd just say, oh, it's just Eric. Mm. And you're smiling a little bit now. You knew what the rules were. What, what was going on there? Why would you want to do something different? I think I had, uh, on the pitch in training, you can ask all the, 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 the players, the young players, I was a kind of example for them. Mm. So I trained very, very, very hard. And when I played, I played and tried very, very, very hard, well, which is the most important. Let, let me just read you a quote from Ferguson. He said, nothing that Eric did in matches meant more to me than the way he opened my eyes to the indispensability of practice. So he's saying yeah. the way that yeah. you trained was yeah. bigger, to, bigger to him because yeah. of the example you set. Yeah. So I think that's the most important. And I think Ferguson is a great psychologue. He knows that for him and for me to have a pair of trainers with a suit, mm. it's not a big deal. We will not destroy our relationship with this kind of thing. But I didn't do it for, to, for provocation, or just because I, feel, I think it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you found at United a lot of young players coming through at the time. Mm. And I think you also probably received a lot of deference from those younger players, did it make you feel more responsible and more like a leader to, to have those players come through? Yeah, but as I said to you before, I want to feel in transit mm. and I don't want to take this responsibility of being an example. So did you want to be captain? No. If you ask me to be the captain, I will be the captain. It's not because I, 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 have the, uh, I am the captain that mm. I will say to myself, I am an example. No. I'm a captain. I didn't ask for anything. You give me uh, this and I will do it uh, 
as well as possible. But without saying to myself that I have to be a leader, I have to be uh, an example. No, because I'm not an example. Why do you say that? First, I don't want to be an example. And uh, to be an example in the world of football is to be... Uh, Boeing? To be like a, like a ship. Sometimes I reacted in a certain way. Most of the people didn't like. And maybe they were right. But where they are not right, I think, saying, oh, he's an example for thousands of people, or for millions of people. He cannot react that. The only responsibility I have is to work hard in training and to win games. If you are an example, like the people say, he's an example, it's because you think that you're above of everything. You cannot react like this because you're... No, I'm just... I'm, I'm very arrogant. I can be very arrogant. Really? I can be... No I, can be uh, I can be very arrogant. And most of the time I'm very... And I joke with my... With, like I'm, I'm a legend. I'm just joking. I don't, because I don't care. I know that we live in a circus. So I play. You're more self-aware of that role. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But because I am, I'm, a, I'm a humble, I don't want to be an example as they want me to be. Mm. Like they want me to be. Like you're above of everybody. You're above of somebody who comes to you and speaks to you and you have to, re- to, to react like, uh, you know, no. I'm just a human being like everybody. And sometimes I'm more fragile than the, than the time, you know. Thousands of times I heard some things and I don't react. And one day you react. And if you want me to be an example, I don't like that. I don't like this idea that footballers, politicians, singers, famous people have to be examples. But I behave the way I want to be to behave. Nobody will tell me how to behave. Yeah. As soon as I respect my teammates, I respect the opponents, I respect the, the, my, my, my manager, my, the, the fans. And sometimes, sometimes, like everywhere, like in, like, like in friendship with friends, uh, with uh, girlfriends, with uh, wives, with kids, Sometimes we don't do right. Do you think that everybody do, do, do right things? Do you think no. it's good? Do, do you think you have uh, uh, the secret of the, the, the perfect education? You have three kids. They are all different. Mm-hmm. Same parents. Today, you are here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. He's here. He's here. I speak. You listen to me as a journalist. You listen to me as a friend and as a translator in case. <laughs> He's here as, as my brother. You see that. I see that. He see that. And he see that. So we all we, we will all have different memories mm-hmm. of that. Hopefully you wake ones. up this morning, I don't know what. You wake up, I don't know. Me, I have to speak. I'm tired. I walk all the day. And I will have, in terms of vision, this mm-hmm. souvenir. Mm-hmm. And you will have that. So it's not, a, we are all, so the kids are all different. Mm-hmm. We say something, 
Two of them are here. The other one is in the room. He doesn't listen. And then the two left. He crossed the room. He listened something. So we don't have this. And it's good. And I love that. I love, I love this uncertainty again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Certainty. We, we are not like robot. I'm not a robot. I'm just a human being. And sometimes I, I can be fragile. But I think increasingly footballers, even more than from when you played, where it was becoming like that, footballers now are expected to act like robots. Yeah, decades. Since decades. The amount of games that they play yeah. and all the different competitions, mm -hmm. the amount of appearances for commercial yeah. or yeah. brand or sponsors or things like that. You know me, when I sign a contract with the brand, they say to me, they have a clause and say, you cannot uh, give your idea on politics. You want to sign, you sign, but you forget that. You, you, you want to work with me? Why? Because who I am. Mm -hmm. I think I am everybody, you know how I am. Yeah. So if you want to work with me and you want me to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. No, if you work with me, you know me. So all these clothes are out of contract and I can say whatever I'm I want to anybody. But most of the people, they accept that. Because, of the, because they are examples. They are a cheap example. Mm -hmm. uh, cheap, uh, cheap example. Cheap, uh, and, uh, not the, the cheap, uh, cheap example, a uh, little example. And also like a sheep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or cheap, cheap example. <laughs> a cheap, cheap example. Yes. We call that a lot of cheap, cheap examples. Football like everyone. I heard recently somebody who said the footballers I have to be uh, like uh, engaged socially, be active like uh, artists. They want the people believe that artists are more engaged socially than football. Footballers are not active at all, but the artists, 90% of them. Oh, yes, they are achieving easy things where everybody speaks about something nice, you know. No risk. When something is risky, you have nobody. 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 All cheap, cheap. And the one the people believe that uh, artists, because you are an artist, you are engaged. Yes, I know some artists who are engaged. But they are really engaged. But 90% of actors, singers, they are just... Uh, in a business like everybody, like everybody. And when sometimes they go and say, oh, we are against that and against that. Yes, but it's easy, always easy. Always the things that don't take a risk. Always the things that everybody think about. You know, today is the climate, tomorrow it will be that, and tomorrow it will be that, which is good. But you think you are engaged today? You are, you are somebody engaged, take a risk because you will say, uh, we have to be careful about the climate, the climate, yeah, yeah, yeah. climate. And everybody say that. Everybody say that. You are just a wolf like everybody. So footballer, actors, artists, yes. Ai Weiwei, you speak about Ai Weiwei, the Chinese artist. Yes, he's somebody strong. Banksy is somebody, yeah, we don't know who he is. Not even you know who he is. This kind of artist. This is, you have people, you know, in, in some countries, uh, directors who are really engaged. It's risky for their, for their life. You know, we did a documentary of football, about the rebel, rebel of football. The rebels of football. Yeah. yeah. 
but rebirth of football, not with a gel and uh, with uh, things in, uh, in the hair and, and uh, tattoo everywhere, like fake rebirth. No. The one who put it their life in danger, who fought for democracy, like uh, Socrates, who fought for democracy like Carlos Casilli in Chile, with Carlos Pinochet. They took his, his, his mother, tortured his mother. We can speak about uh, real people who take risks. We speak today about the climate, which is good. It's great. But don't tell the people that you are somebody engaged because you speak about the climate today. Can I ask you, can I get a question then? Am I right or not? I think you're right. Can I ask you a question? Oh, everything is easy. <laughs> everything, everything, everything. They wait, they wait, they wait, they wait. They say, okay, now I can go and I can say something. There is plenty of things you can fight for. Fight for Palestine, fight for Palestine, fight for Yemen, fight for Saudi Arabia and the, the country who sell uh, weapons. weapons weapons to South Saudi Arabia who kill everybody everywhere. Speak about that. I know you've spoken about the World Cup in, in Qatar. Qatar now funds a lot of big things in football, in Paris or big television companies as well. I know you've said you will not watch the tournament. Upstairs, you said you would go on a motorbike around South mm. America and, and, and travel. I think that was maybe a little bit uh, an instinct at the time yeah. when you said that. Um, no, I will watch the, the, the kids uh, playing with uh, no boots. For the players who are at this tournament, it may be their only big opportunity to play at a World Cup. For the players, you know. Of course, if you have a player who say, I boycott the, the, the World Cup, you say... Bravo. You can condemn a player who is 20 years old. He has 10 years of career. He lives in a world uh, surrounded by people from football uh, 24 hours a day. But speak about the federations. Speak about the politics. What's the power to say, no, we don't go this, to, to this World Cup? It's not the players. The players have 20 years old. Maybe they have two, three opportunities to play a World Cup in their life. They are 20 years old. Of course, if one of them do that, we say, good. But we cannot be disappointed because players don't want to boycott the World Cup. Because on the top, politics, presidents, the federations, uh, ministers. The power. The power, the real power, everywhere in the world have the power to, to boycott. It's too easy today to say the players. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of former players, big coaches who are promoting, not just not condemning, but actively promoting, taking money. One of your former teammates, David Beckham, for example, is an ambassador. No, that, that's different. That's different. Why? Because you're not a player. Okay. Yeah, you are paid for uh, to do the promotion. It's completely different. Was that something you would do? I would not do it at all. I do the completely opposite. In January 2022, nine months ago, I started to say that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was the first one. I mean, even now, there's very few people but who say. In January 22, I was the first one, for sure. But I'm free to do, to do it. And of course, the next player played to do this kind of thing. It's or they don't know what's happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if they know it, I think they did wrong. They did the wrong thing. They, 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 uh, 
I think they made a big mistake. Big, big mistake. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Do you still watch a lot of football? No. So, I mean, for example, I know you were at when Manchester United won at Paris Saint-Germain mm. a couple of years ago because I saw mm. you posted after the game and you looked mm. in the moment instinctively excited by, by that. But I don't know, have you seen any of Manchester United recently? No. Do, no. Does it bother you? What the no, 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 no. Just because I was... Uh, busy? I was busy, yes. I was busy. Because I, I would watch, of mm. course. Yeah, if I watch a game, it's Manchester. Yes. There's a lot of ex-players who become like ambassadors for the mm. club, official mm. ambassadors. I don't, I don't think you are. No, I'm not an ambassador. Currently. But it also doesn't strike me that you're somebody who would want to be that kind of position. Am I wrong? Or is you it want me to be in this kind of position? If I was Manchester United and yeah. I'm looking at all the past stars of the club, yeah. I would think Cantona is perfect to be an ambassador. But you also don't strike me as the personality, as the kind of personality that wants to mm. be an ambassador. Am, am yeah. I wrong? I have the kind of personality that don't want to be an, an ambassador, and I think uh, an ambassador is a kind of example we spoke about mm. before. You know, to be an ambassador of the club, you have to do the promotion of the club. You know, to do. And me, if I want to say something, I will say it. Even if it's, uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, the, the people are not happy. But I say also great things. Most of the things I say, it's great things. But if I if I think something that uh, the, the people from uh, from the club don't don't like, I'm I'm free to say it. And uh, as an ambassador, you cannot say this kind of thing. So you lose your freedom. You you know the fans at the moment, or for many years now. Yeah have been very unhappy with the situation yeah. of the owners yeah. and the way that the club yeah. was bought. Last year, I proposed to the club to become, uh, uh, to change their, their, their way. Uh, so you have the chairman and then you have the president. The CEO. Yeah, who yeah. was... Uh, it was Ed Woodward. Ed Woodward. But Ed Woodward is great in uh, marketing, he's great, in, but he's not great in football. And I think... You have a chairman and you should have a president of administration, marketing, and a president of football who is in charge of all decisions in football. I propose them to be president of football. For you to be? Yeah, me to be. And you said this to Ed? Of course, I met him. I met him a few times. Yeah. Okay. But they didn't, they didn't accept it. But I still think, or me, or somebody else, mm -hmm. I still think that they should have to separate administration, marketing, and everything because they are great in that. You have a chairman and president of administration, marketing, etc., and a president of football. Yeah. The president of football should be somebody from football, from the clubs, or knows very well the club, or somebody else. They, they now have a football director, John. John yeah, Berger. but it's, yeah, but football director, it's it's not. President of football. Mm -hmm. 
you know, football director is football director. Above him, you have the president. And above you have the chairman. Now you have the chairman and two presidents. Yeah. And separate. Because they do well in marketing. They do well. They earn a lot of money. You know, since, since uh, Ferguson retired in 2013, they double their revenue. Yeah. The club double the revenue of the club. And they didn't win anything. So if you succeed in football and you have great people in economy, in, 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 in marketing and everything, instead of double the revenue, you treble the, the revenue. They don't understand that because they invest a lot of money. Well, they spend a lot of money. They spend a lot of money. Not invest, yeah. They spend a lot of money. But you have to, to spend well. Your former teammate, Gary Neville, has said it's time for the Glazers to go. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I thought about something also. About this club, have, in, in social media, they are big. They have 100,000 fans follow them. So if they create a, a, an application today saying that 50% of the, the club can be sell, but you, why you should have one person? Or two person who will invest uh, one five hundred million sp- uh, pounds, you can have millions, hundreds of millions of people who spend ten euros, hundred euros, one thousand euro, twenty euros, and fifty percent of the club are owned by the real fans of Manchester United. Like in Germany, with the application now, with the social media and everything. You do that like this. But you didn't want me to be the president of the club. Not yet. Not yet. No, no, they didn't, want, they didn't want me. And the fan has to know. <laughs> have to know that, you that to I went and traveled. To Manchester. Yeah, to give them the opportunity to succeed in the next decades. And that you didn't want. Okay, be honest. Do you think you would be the best person to do that job? I, I think I... Uh, You're smiling. I, Yeah, I I smile because I say I will do it because I love what I do now. I never earn so much money, you know, even in football. I do many things that I love, only things about passions, you know, so I'm very happy. But I felt, first I met Alex Ferguson to say that, to to know what he thought about it. And he he thought that it was a good idea. So he, he... Introduce me to well, Mr. Woodward. I felt, you know, guilty in not trying to help this club to to do better. Mm. I said to myself, for five years, I will put everything on hold and concentrate 100% on that. Mm. And if I am concentrated on 100% of that, I can tell you, that I will do it well, very well, very, very, very well. Is the office still open? I feel good with myself. I tried. So nobody in my family cannot say, and me cannot say that I, I, I didn't try anything to help. I did it. They don't want it. That's their choice. But I tried. I think every time you're interviewed, you're asked, do you regret? Either what happened against Crystal Palace with No, I don't regret anything. 
Okay, notre so, palace, notre uh, interview, <laughs> notre wine, uh, nothing. So we can tick that off. I also wanted to ask about the France national team. With the France national team, what do you feel? No. Yeah. I, I, I don't care. As I said to you before, I don't watch many games. And when I watch a game, it's Manchester United. Last week, Patrice Evra was saying that when he played for France... He felt in the good times, they thought he was French. And then in the bad times, it was like he was yeah. from a different country. Yeah. I know you've made fantastic documentaries yeah. about immigration yeah. and, fo- yeah. and football yeah. in France. I just wanted to ask, do you feel as though there is still progress being made in terms of the way that players from, from the France national team are spoken about in the media and framed and, and presented not, in fo- not only in football in everything mm. France like other countries since more than 10 years now uh, since uh, the crisis in 2008 and since crisis and crisis uh, since the Covid everything new crisis countries become more nationalist but not only France mm-hmm. many countries Britain also Britain Germany, uh, Hungary, Italy, everywhere, Spain, everywhere. And the danger is that if we go back to 1929, to the crisis in 1929, in 1933, Hitler was elected. And it was a world war. And I think today, since 10 years, since 2008, little by little, we all become more and more nationalism. You know, that's a fault of the foreign guy, that's a fault of the migrants, that's a fault of immigration. And after that, it's a world war. And it seems that today, big countries have an interest to have a world war. But instead of learning from the past, we completely reproduce what happened in the past. Mm. I hope it will not be a world war. I hope so. But we we are close and close and close and close every day. So it's not only in football. Why I say it's not in football? Because I say after crisis, you have nationalism. Why nationalism? Because they own, because of crisis, nobody will accept but, you know, it's every time the fault of the weak ones. And the weak ones are immig- immigrants in countries, you know. Anyone so it's always a fault of the immigration. And that's easy to do that. That's very easy. It's a... Uh, we see that everywhere. Everywhere. So, when the country is good, and we say uh, that's because everybody's. And when something, when the, when it's bad time, it's a raise of fault of immigration, a raise of fault of immigration. Mm. But we should learn and the, the last about the past because uh, it's dangerous. What's can happen? The app that you're here promoting, the, the travel experience yeah. that you're here promoting, you know, I'm it's all about passion. 
It's all about vibra- vibes. It's all about love of football. It's all about share great moments all together. It's all about soul of football. It's all about the soul of the streets. The soul of football. The soul, the vibes, you know? It's all about it's all about it's all about that. It's about also the 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 history and just try to understand. We were speaking about immigration. In Milan, for instance. At the beginning you have Milan, one club. And they were together. There were no inter Milan. One club, Milan. You have the, the director box, the board. And one of them wanted to have people, black people, and everything. And no, 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 we want it. So they stayed. And the one left and created International of Milan. International, we call it Interminal. But it's International Milan. You know? And some people, in the recent years, fans of, of Inter, some few fans of Inter, you know, said some racist things uh, and everything. They don't even know why they support this club. <laughs> you know? And looking FC, it's also, you know, you go inside of the passion of football, but also understand understand the, the story of the club, the, you know, the how they cross the history, how the football has been used by... It's, and after you do, you live your, you live your life. It's a, it's a cultural travel. Mm. We were speaking about stadium before. All clubs now, all the stadiums are, are called by uh, Emirates. Yeah. Etihad, Emirates, Allianz. Allianz. Yeah. And uh, their, their stadium, they lost all the soul of the club, all the history of the club. Like in Arsenal, like West Ham. I remember the old, because me, I played in all, all the stadiums. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know these stadiums. And now we see, and I spoke with some fans of Arsenal, they hate the Emirates stadiums. And more and more, the people try to do that. And fortunately, Old Trafford is still Old Trafford. For now. Yeah, or Anfield is still Anfield. Can you imagine that Old Trafford can become, uh, you know, a new stadium called by uh, a brand? If one day they do that, I'm sorry, but I don't, uh, I'm not a fan of United anymore. If they sponsor and the And I stadium. quit football forever. If they sponsor I, the I, I kill myself. Okay. <laughs> don't kill yourself. Don't, we can't end the interview when you say you're going to kill yourself. I kill myself. No, um, please. Please don't call this stadium uh, Nestle or, <laughs> you know, huh? or Amazon or whatever. You know, no, please. No, no, no. I'll try for this. So I'll try for Eric, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. The Athletic.